Even with an injury-depleted backfield, the Green Bay Packers were still able to get by a reeling Chicago Bears team on Thursday night. How did they do it? We'll ask Ricardo Arguello of the Appleton Post-Crescent. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about a win over the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. He's Ricardo Arguello of the Appleton Post President and co-host of Clubhouse Live. Mr. Arguello, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me on, Brian. Thank you for joining us. And for our listeners that may not know you, you're the co-host of Clubhouse Live that airs at PackersNews.com. And even though you cover the Packers, you're actually a Bears fan. Can you discuss that dynamic a little bit and how that impacts your job? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a co-host of Clubhouse Live, the Packers show. My opinion is the best Packers show in the area. I'm not just saying that because it's our show, but... Uh, uh, Brett Christofferson is actually the, the full host, along with Ty Montgomery, a Packers wide receiver. And I kind of, I'm a kind of out in the co-host. I'm out in the crowd, kind of, uh, you know, you know, testing the fans and seeing how they are and letting them boo me and stuff like that. And and that's basically the big uh, part of our show, uh, for my role on the show anyway, is kind of, you know, to kind of kick the heat a little bit, uh, let the fans boo me, you know, kind of feel the energy of the crowd, get everybody kind of amped up in that way, uh, you know, kind of uh, boo me. Cheer the Packers, have a good time, and that's kind of how the show, the show format goes on. And both Brett and Ty do a great job uh, doing the bulk of the of the hosting duties in that way. Well, you're a very good sport about what you do as well, and we won't hold being a Bears fan against you. But uh, let's talk about this game last night, uh, Ricardo, because obviously you cover the Packers quite a bit or have to know a lot about them. You know, last night, Devontae Adams had the most catches in a game, second to only Don Hudson. That's That's saying something. Uh, it was arguably the best game of his career. Is is this an indicator of things to come for Devontae Adams? I think he's come quite a bit, you know, from, if you remember last year on Thanksgiving, I, I believe in that Bears-Packers game, I believe, you know, he may have been the bottom of where his career was. I think he, he would suffer through some, you know, uh, problems with his hands a little bit. And I think in the end zone, I think he dropped the pass or, or tipped off his hands, a potential game-winning touchdown. Um, and so, yeah, to see him come back is good for him. It, it, it's also added with the caveat, though. I mean, he's been an improving player, but it was also against, you know, the Bears, just like the Packers are decimated in the secondary. So that's one thing to watch. Is this actually legit? Is this something that we can see progress from him, or was it just because he's going against a street-free agent that the Bears had just, you know, kind of picked up as well? So it's kind of in the middle a little bit, but don't take a – don't take anything away from that touchdown, those touchdown catches that he had. I mean, those were some real nice plays that he pulled in. And I know, I'm sure for a young kid trying to find his uh, confidence, 
you know, that was, it was a big game for him. And I'm sure for Aaron and Sid as much as well. So it was, a, it was good to see him kind of rebound and kind of progress the way I think Packer management had him progressing as, as a second-round pick. Yeah, uh, Adams was one of three players with 10-plus catches last night for the Packers, something that's only happened one other time in NFL history. He joined uh, Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery there with 10-plus catches. What does that say about the Packers' offense? I think it's it's a good thing. I mean, anytime you see that kind of spreading the wealth and having those legit receivers, you know, get a lot of touches, a lot of young guys getting touches, that's always good to see um, the Packers' Offense, I thought, looked immensely better in the second half than they did in the first half. Yeah, you could say that might have been because, you know, the Bears' defense was out there so long because the Bears' offense, obviously, on a third-string quarterback, they're not getting a lot of plays. But take nothing away from the Packers' offense. They seem to be much more in rhythm than they have been in the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure for Packers fans out there, that was kind of kind of nice to see Aaron Rodgers kind of return to form a little bit and uh, – and, and, and able to hit these guys, and everything seemed to run a lot more smooth. The Packers' offense, again, looked a lot like it used to look, and I think it, they're going to need that for sure, Brian, coming up in, in the next couple of weeks here uh, as, as they kind of move on down the schedule. Uh, that Packers' offense is going to have to come through if they're going to go anywhere this season, as you know. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your co-host on the show. The Packers uh, went more with a wide receiver at a running back position last night than the two guys they signed this week. Do, do you think Ty Montgomery continues to play a majority of the time there in the backfield? I don't believe he'll be getting quite as many touches as he did in the backfield as he had in the last couple of games. That was more out of necessity. And now that they you know, they brought in Nile Davis and they have the young kid Jackson, I think you're in one possibly when Starks returns, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to see him eventually kind of phase out kind of that uh, that running back mode. Even though he, they may still keep him there in terms of you know set, term, de, de, determined by matchups and everything, you know, kind of getting him out of the backfield and things like that. He he has the build for to play running back. I mean, but it, it, he's a young player, and like he mentioned on our show last week, he basically has to learn two different playbooks. You know, he has the receiver playbook. And then the running back playbook where, you know, he has to learn, he has to have so much more knowledge, you know, in terms of blocking assignments, where to go, and then certain holes and things like that. That's a lot to throw at a young player. And believe me, Ty Montgomery can do it. This is a Stanford grad, so, you know, he has the smarts. But, you know, that's, that's asking a lot. And I think having him back and developing as a receiver is ultimately what the Packers want because, in my opinion, I think Ty Montgomery should be a starter in this league and will be a starter in the near future, he's that talented. He's got all everything that you want physically. So I think you want to kind of continue that progression in, instead of having him kind of be a jack-of-all-trades, as it were. So so that being said, what what do you think from here happens to guys like Don Jackson and Niall Davis who were just elevated to the roster this week? Yeah, you know, Jackson's a little bit of a question mark. We, we haven't really seen a whole lot of him. Um, it's going to be one of those things where – are the Packers really going to look to him as possibly someone they can feature? In my opinion, I think they're going to look more at Niall Davis. This is an actual a guy who's been in the league for a couple of seasons and has, has had some success. Of course, with Niall Davis, there's the fumble issue with him. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to see how, I mean, how long do you stick with him after he, had, you know, he fumbled? You know, it's kind of those high risk, high rewards. This guy can run. If this guy is an explosive guy, obviously, you know, him as a returner. So he brings that kind of different element to the Packers because as well as Eddie Lacy has played, I don't think anyone would say Eddie Lacy is, you know, is one of those guys who's, who's an explosive player. Now Davis does bring you that. So uh, it's interesting to see how this is going to develop. I think now Davis is a very good pickup, especially for what 
They gave up what potentially a seventh round pick as conditional. Mm-hmm. But now Davis is a young guy, somebody who's developed in this offense, and I thought it was a very good move by Thompson, you know, specifically and if only for that explosive factor uh, with his speed. We're talking to Ricardo Arguello of the Appleton Post-Crescent here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, Ricardo, uh, it seemed as if Aaron Rodgers looked more like his old self last night, throwing in rhythm, hitting a lot of short routes. Is he back on track, or is this going to be a week-to-week challenge for him? You know, I, I'll tell you what. I was He showed some moxie here um, and a little bit of swag because after that strip sack of him by the the Bears rookie Leonard Floyd, I love the touch. And I thought, okay, well, here it is. This is where possibly Rogers is going to bottom out a little bit and, and start, I don't want to say pouting, but he's going to start kind of showing a bad body language that you've seen maybe possibly the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. He didn't, though. He kind of gathered himself, kind of put the Packers offense on his back and, 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 and led them, what, the three second-half touchdowns. And um, it really looked great in terms of finding his receivers. I thought that spoke a lot of Aaron Rodgers. He could have kind of – Moped a little bit. He didn't, though. You know, he kind of came back from that strip sack and, and, and kind of got things together. And, and I thought she looked like the Aaron of old in the second half. And, you know, the Bears fan, that's tough to say. That's tough to watch him kind of do that against your team. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Packer fans in general have been waiting for this to kind of happen the last year. If you watch, if you listen, I'm sure you're, you're active on Twitter and everything like that, Brian. So you, you see all the, all the, I guess, criticisms of, of, of Rodgers and uh, to see him kind of, <laughs> Battle back and kind of and kind of quell the naysayer. It was interesting to watch. Is he all the way back? I'll tell you this much: he's going to have to be, uh, because again, that upcoming schedule uh, it looks pretty interesting in terms of the offense needing to perform at a high level to kind of keep up with the teams that they're going against. Yeah, the next game against the Atlanta Falcons should be a, a very difficult matchup for the Green Bay Packers. But on the other side of the football, Ladarius Gunter, he bounced back from a terrible performance last week to a very good one this week containing a good wide receiver like Elshon Jeffrey. Do you think he learned from his mistakes a week ago? You know, I think that was something that was uh, that people aren't talking about enough. Um, Alshon, obviously the Bears' number one receiver, their, their stud receiver, and um, – he, he, he's been the target of more uh, targets, I guess I should say. He's been the focus of more targets by the Bears offense uh, in recent weeks. And I thought Gunter did a good job. In fact, I was quite shocked to see Alshon only have finished with, what, three catches, 30-something yards. Um, good good performance by that young defensive back, and I don't think he's getting enough credit. Um, that is something for him to build on when you can take a big physical receiver like that out of his game now, obviously, he was getting some help. Let's not I'll put it on Gunter there a little bit, but uh, I thought he, I thought that it was, I want to say a breakout game, but it's one of those kind of defining moments for a young player where you struggle, you come back against a, a, a Pro Bowl receiver, as Alshon has been in the past, and to hold him to three catches, 33 yards, uh, it, I think it's an impressive performance that's not getting talked about enough, really. Talking about the team uh, you like uh, here, the Chicago Bears, uh, how much last night did the Bears miss Josh Sitton and Kyle Long? It, it would have been interesting, of course, for to see Sitton face his former team. It would have been, and I think Sitton wanted to be out there. From all the reports and everything I've been listening to, he really wanted to be out there, so uh, it, it was tough to watch him not be there. And, and then for Kyle Long, who I believe was injured on the Hoyer uh, play where he fractured his arm, um, that, that's tough. You're basically losing two all-pro guards at that point. And then, let me tell you, the Bears' depth is nowhere near like the Packers. So the drop-off from those two guys to, I think it was Kush, 
and Ted Larson is dramatic. And uh, I think you kind of saw that kind of weird, ugly head for the, for the Bears anyway as the Packers' defense started, you know, kind of to pin their ears back a little bit and get after uh, Barkley, the third-string quarterback for the Bears. That The Bears really didn't do too much on offense after uh, that first series where uh, Barkley met them to the field goal. So um, it, it was interesting to watch that kind of unfold. Now, for the Bears to have any kind of continuity on that offensive line, those two guys need to be back, but, you know, Kyle Long, his shoulder is actually a torn labrum. It's been that way since before the season started, so he might not actually be back for the rest of the season. Sitton should be back uh, fairly soon, maybe in a week or two, but Long might be one of those things where, you know, let's put him on IR and get him ready for next season because, man, to have a player play with a torn labrum, especially a blocking kind of uh, position, that's tough. That's tough to ask a guy to do that for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's killer. Maybe Sitton will be uh, benefit from kind of the mini-buy here after playing on a Thursday night. Uh, but last question before we let you go. What's going to happen at the quarterback position for the Bears going forward, and how is that going to impact their offense now that Hoyer appears to be out too? Uh, it's a mess, and I think that's being nice, um, the quarterback position right now. Um, it's interesting to see what Fox is going to do. He is not beholden to Jay Cutler at all. That's not his guy. He came into the situation. So did Pace as well. You know, he had that ridiculous contract that Bill Emery gave him uh, a couple of years ago. They're trying to get that off the books now. He's going to be making a lot of money. He's already making a lot of money now. Cutler is. He'll be making even more money in the coming years. Uh, but all of that, I guess, they can get off the books without much of a hit in terms of the salary cap. So I wouldn't expect Cutler the rest of the year. So then now it comes down to this, Brian. Do they bother even playing Cutler down the line here, or do you want to see what you have from Barkley? I'm sure they'll go out and make a, a move, maybe bring in a veteran quarterback, or maybe uh, David Sales, a quarterback that's being drafted uh, recently that they let go uh, after you know cut downs. But it's a mess, and it's a mess to see. Uh, uh, and it's one of those things where how are the, the veteran players are going to react to this? You know, you're going to put your defense really in a bad position from here on out. Is that how you do it? Cutler's going to want to play. Brian Cutler's going to want to play. He has the bad thumb and everything, but once he's healthy, he's going to want to play. So that's going to be an interesting to see. Interesting uh, dilemma as that unfolds, how that's going to affect the locker room and things like that. You know, there's a lot of players on Cutler's side. There are some players in the Bears locker room who aren't big fans of him. So we'll see how that all kind of plays out. But in my opinion, I think you just go with the young guy. See what you have from Barkley. Let him develop some chemistry with some of these younger receivers like Meredith and uh, Possibly Kevin White if he does come back. We don't know this. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting, and it could it could get a lot worse before it gets better, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Packers and Bears got to play one more time, so we'll see what happens at the quarterback situation down the road. But, Ricardo, thank you so much for taking time to uh, talk some uh, Packers-Bears this morning. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work at Clubhouse Live, and we'll, we'll watch you Monday for uh, uh, see what Ty Montgomery has to say. Yeah, absolutely. Remember to watch us on clubhouselive.com. Thank you, Brian. Anytime, my friend. All right. Take care. Ricardo Arguello of the Appleton Post-Crescent joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. Let's try that again here. I got Packers news of the day. There we go. Um, Green Bay Packers win 26 to 10 last night over the Chicago Bears in the color rush game. How'd you like those all white unis for the Green Bay Packers? I thought they looked pretty nice. That was a, it's a nice little change up for a once a year kind of thing, uh, and that's fine. 
Um, but uh, folks, I, I actually missed the first half of the game last night, so I'm not really going to give a chips report today. Uh, I, I don't feel as if I can be really be fair in you know basically seeing half the game. Although after you see some highlights and and I actually caught a few plays on the phone, uh, I feel like I probably saw the majority of the game. But you know I I'm actually taking a night class at a local university, and and maybe I'll share more about that at a later date uh, about what I'm doing. But but I did get to see the second half and. I, I especially, I really don't feel like I'm able to fairly give the the cow chips part of it uh, because I mean, I if 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 I had to choose, if if anybody out there had to choose last night, I have to miss it. Definitely, I think you would say the first half because the Packers look good in the in the second half. You know, kind of minus the the fumble that led to the touchdown. Uh, but I do have some thoughts from last night's game, especially on the offense when the Packers turned it up. Um, of course, last night, uh, the Packers had three players with 10 plus catches. You know, that's only happened one other time in NFL history. And I thought that was really notable to see, you know, the Packers really kind of get back in rhythm in the passing game. And I just thought that was so nice to see for Green Bay, who had struggled so much the previous you know, couple weeks, uh, and especially last week, you know, kind of may- maybe that was bottoming out last week uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. And, and and I thought you could put the blame on everybody from Aaron Rodgers to the receivers to the, the play calling from the coaches, but it, they all seem to bounce back, uh, especially the wide receivers. I thought it, you know, played really well. Uh, and they, you know, guys like uh, Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery, they would have been in the running for the, you know, blue chips and red chips. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps one of the more remarkable things about it is that Jordy Nelson was not among them. He had didn't have much of an impact. I think he finished the game actually with only one catch. Um, but, but you know, De- Devontae Adams, you know, arguably, I said this before, he arguably had the best game of his career and he's got five touchdowns now on, now on the season. And, and you know, it, it's it's really good because I thought Adams had arguably, not the worst game of his career, but the worst game of the season last week. Uh, and, and the concussion didn't help. Uh, although, you know, prior to that, the first four games of the year, I thought Adams was solid, but maybe not spectacular. And, and perhaps now he has a breakout game. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, you know, you kind of wonder, and I, I was one of those people who was really down on Devonte Adams is going far as to speculate that the Packers may even cut him prior to this season, you know, maybe at the end of roster cutdowns. I didn't guarantee it by any means, but I thought that was a possibility and, and kudos to Devonte Adams for really sticking with it. And, and you know, gutting it out and maybe that injury last season impacted him more than we ever really knew or he ever let on and and maybe that was really the source of struggles a season ago but you know he's he's been really solid all season long with the exception of maybe last week's you know Cowboys game um you know like five touchdowns now on the season and that's that's a really good thing for Devontae Adams and 
he he's just making really good catches this year. Um, and, and those one that one uh, boy Aaron Rodgers hitting him in stride, kind of a seam pattern uh, to the end zone. That that was really impressive, and 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 a lot of his catches were. So yeah, I mean it it said a lot. The second most catches ever. Uh, second only to Don Hudson in a single game in Packers history. And I, I, I was thinking to myself last night, like, wow, like Sterling Sharp never did that? Greg Jennings never did that? <laughs> you know, like the 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 stat where it was like 10 plus catches, over 130 yards and two touchdowns. No other wide receiver done that in, in Lambeau Field history. Uh, it, it, that just really stood out to me. So uh, good job by uh, Devontae Adams. And you know, another thought here on on Ty Montgomery, and you, you know what, folks, that this this is my opinion, and I'm I may be in the minority here, but this may not be just a stopgap for Ty Montgomery at the running back position. Obviously, he would have a huge learning curve ahead of him if he were to play running back. You know more. Uh, but, but there, there may be more of this to come, maybe not quite to this extent because, you know, after Don Jackson gets injured and, you know, it becomes even more important that Ty Montgomery has to, to play out of the backfield. Um, but, but I know some people kind of jeered at the Packers for using wide receivers, moonlighting as, as running backs and, you know, saying, of course they're not, you know, uh, they're n- it's not going to work or, you know, it's, you know, they're, of course, they're only going to get a few yards on the ground uh, as opposed to, you know, being, a f- having an effective running game like it was with Eddie Lacy. But you know what, I, uh, what has me, you know, thinking about Montgomery at the running back position, you know, the book on him coming out of college was that Ty Montgomery had a difficult time tracking deep balls, deep passes. And, and you know, that's that's not a good thing as a wide receiver. And, and that's why even though Ty Montgomery has the speed, he has the requisite speed, that's why you've never seen him be a deep ball threat. You've never seen the Packers, maybe outside of once, I don't know, uh, you know, go deep to Ty Montgomery down the field. That's that's just not in his wheelhouse. Um, you know, his his skill set really might translate to running back. And, and you know, I, I think by getting him the ball on swing passes and dump offs out of the backfield, it really takes advantage of his skill set. Just getting him the ball in open space and, and letting his athleticism take over from there, make a move and use his speed and strength to get as much as he can. So I thought that was great on Thursday night to, to see Ty Montgomery used in that role and, and really getting him, you know, a big part of the Packers offense. And, uh, it, it, you know, I thought last night, um, it, you know, the, the I didn't think that the Packers would use Niall Davis on kickoffs. I thought they, I thought they'd have him be focusing on running back, but it turns out, I mean, the the Packers used Ty Montgomery so heavily on offense, you know, both as a running back and a receiver, uh, that they they didn't want they didn't need him taking any extra shots as a kick returner. So 
uh, Niall Davis got involved on kick returns and actually saw a little bit toward the end. I mean, obviously, you're going to see a bigger role from Niall Davis, you know, week by week here because, uh, you know, Eddie Eddie Lacy's out for at least eight games and James Starks is going to be at, at least out a little while. So we, you're going to see more from Niall Davis than you saw last night who just, just basically got involved at the very end when, when the Packers were already up by 16 points. Um, but, but it, you know, I so uh, you may not see Ty Montgomery quite as much as you did, but, you know, I, I don't think this is the end. I, I think, you know, it's great to get him, of course, uh, involved as a receiver coming out of the backfield on those swing passes. Um, but even occasionally as a runner, if he just, you know, the, the, the more he practices, the more he gets used to running behind an offensive line, taking handoffs, and, and reading what's in front of him, reading holes, you know, and making that one move and getting go, that one cut, that's basically all you could take as a running back. Uh, because, I mean, if, if you're taking two cuts, it better be down the field. It better be at the second level you're making your second cut. I mean, if, if nothing's open after one cut, you just put your shoulder down and get as much as you can. So uh, Ty Montgomery's got to get used to that, obviously. Obviously, I understand there's a huge learning curve if he were to become um, a full-time running back or something. I'm not saying that's that's in the cards, but, uh, you know, using him out of the backfield quite a bit. Get get used to that, I think. Uh, I, I think this is going to happen more than people really think here just because it fits his skill set. Um, and then a couple thoughts on, on, on Aaron Rodgers here. And, and you know, I, I, like I said, I missed the first half of the game, of course. I didn't watch it uh, outside of a few plays and few highlights. Um, but but I, thought, I thought this was Aaron Rodgers' best game of the season, even better than the Lions game. And if you haven't heard, I mean, he Aaron Rodgers set the franchise record last night with 39 completions in a game. And, and this looked finally like, like the stereotypical West Coast offense for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers really settled for the short passes and he hit them in rhythm. Now, now obviously, he still scrambled from time to time, but I felt that when that happened, it happened the appropriate amount. He wasn't out there looking to buy time and scrambling. He wasn't out there trying to hit the deep ball so much, uh, you know, that, that really, you know, they, they throw it downfield and then it's just an incomplete pass. They settled for the short stuff and he got the ball out and got it out in rhythm and man, that, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for playing against a, a Bears secondary that's injury depleted. You know, I, I thought, you know, for, for as bad as the Packers played against the Dallas Cowboys, this was the right, you know, recipe here playing against a bad team to just get them back on track because it's not always going to be against this this easy, even against bad teams because, you know, if if they play another bad team on the schedule, they'll probably be healthier than the Bears because the Bears are, you know, they're really injured. Uh, they're as injured as any team in the NFL right now. Even I'd even say more so than the Green Bay Packers when you're considering, especially uh, on the offensive side with Jay Cutler, Justin, and Kyle Long all out. Uh, I mean, those are 
the three guys you, your offense revolves around for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but it, it was just good to get back on track for this Green Bay Packers offense, and, and hopefully they just build on that you know, from here. Um, and, and maybe the Packers found something. I, I, I don't think the Packers can, can play uh, Jordy Nelson quite as much as they used to. And it's still, at, even though he had one catch, he still led all wide receivers in snap count last night. He, he played more snaps than anybody else on the team at that position. I think that's got to start to come down a bit. Um, and not, and I'm, I don't want to phase Jordy Nelson out of the offense. I'm not reacting to just one game here, but he just doesn't have the speed anymore. Uh, and, and I think it's time to get, you know, Devonte Adams, Ty Montgomery, Randall Cobb, of course. Um, and, and even Jeff Janis, you know, more involved here. And Jordy Nelson, just just a little bit less, not a lot bit less, <laughs> you know, just just a little bit less and get these other guys, younger guys, faster guys, more involved. And it's not Jordy Nelson's fault. I mean, it's injury, it's age combining to make him a little bit slower and just doesn't have quite what he used to, you know, back during the Super Bowl run. It's not there anymore. Not to say he's chopped liver. Uh, but, you know, having him play fewer snaps when he does play then, when Jordy Nelson is out there, he's a little bit more fresher and he'll be a little bit, you know, faster, I think, if he has a reduced snap count. So um, hopefully we'll see more of that going forward. And that's kind of my thoughts on last night's game. Uh, but but just fi- finally here, you know, before the game even started, uh, the Packers make it official by placing Eddie Lacy on injured reserve, uh, and, and which allowed them to promote Don Jackson. I mean, we kind of saw this coming here. Uh, you knew the Packers had to make a move somehow to get Don Jackson active, and, and we, we don't know what's going to happen to Don Jackson after he injures his hand last night. Uh, we'll find out more about him today, maybe. Um but, but it, you know, the Packers going to have a tough choice now. Uh, both Sam Shields and Eddie Lacy are both on injured reserve. And, and thankfully, it wasn't a thing like last season or the Pat, you know, ever since the, the NFL instituted this injured reserve rule. You know, the, the, the previous five years or whatever, you always had to designate one player that was going to come back. Thankfully, the Packers don't have to do that. Uh, you know, they can just wait and see between Sam Shields and, and Eddie Lacy Who's who's going to be the more likely one to come off injured reserve? Who's progressing better? And, and I, I think that's great that they can they have time to wait and see that. You know, if I if I had to guess right now, I think it's going to be Eddie Lacy who's going to come off injured reserve, partially because of Sam Shields' concussion history. By no means am I etching that in stone. Uh, like I, I just say, I think it's a great thing that the Packers have time to make that decision. I'm just saying if I had to make the choice right now, I think that's what's going to happen, but I don't have to make that choice now. And the Packers don't, they, they can wait and that's a really good thing. But yeah, unfortunately for Eddie Lacy out a minimum of eight weeks here. So I think we're talking just like Sam Shields. I think the earliest they could return is week, week 15 and, Maybe that's a good thing um, because maybe the Packers are making a playoff push by then and they're ready to get back and get a little healthy and and that'll be a shot in the arm at the time, whoever they bring back. Um, So 
cross your fingers and hope that both of them will progress and uh, heal up nicely. Uh, but that leads us into the day ahead. All right, Mike McCarthy's day after game press conference is currently scheduled for 12 o'clock p.m. Central Time, so noon, if that doesn't change, although stuff like this does tend to change uh, in the aftermath of a game. They'll push things back and, and stuff like that. So you're just going to have to play it by ear. Watch watch the Packers' official social media accounts. I'm sure they'll announce eventually when Mike McCarthy's press conference will be and it will be streamed live at Packers.com when it does. Um, so you'll have an opportunity to watch it. But but that might be as much as your Packers fix as you're going to get on Friday. Uh, because as you can imagine, they're, they're going to treat this as much as a mini-buy as possible. Uh, they're they're going to give the players off over the weekend. And boy, do the Packers need it right now. Obviously, they have you know, a, a big injury situation. Uh, I mean, it's it's not doesn't really matter for guys like Sam Shields and Eddie Lacy who are in injured reserve, but maybe the rest of the guys who are kind of dealing through a little less minor injuries, especially at the cornerback position, you know, with both Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins being out, you know, they, they really need those guys back. Um, so hopefully they they take advantage of this, this you know, mini-buy, this time off here and, Hopefully they can get back as soon as possible here. Um, so yeah, look looking forward to uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference because that's that's going to be all the Packers coverage you're going to get on a, on on a Friday here. At least anything you know new coming up. Maybe maybe I'll have more on Don Jackson's injury too, um, and the hand hand injury that he suffered early in the game. Just it, it, when it rains, it pours, right? For all the the running back injuries the Packers have they just had one more to the equation here uh but but uh, apart from that so the one interesting thing happening over the weekend Packers related um it, it's it's called the title town showdown and it's a six on six flag football tournament sponsored by the team and their Green Bay Packers give back foundation taking place at City Stadium the old home of the Green Bay Packers this is taking place on Saturday, and it's benefiting Special Olympics Wisconsin. The Packers are even putting together an alumni team with former, uh, featuring former wide receiver Bill Schrader, running back Tony Fisher, and a couple others uh, are going to take part in this. Um, and last I saw, you can even still register a team online, and you can find more information on this at Packers.com. But uh, uh, that's that's you know while while they're on their mini buy uh, this this flag football tournament is happening over the weekend at City Stadium so that it's a cool event that the Packers are doing not a, not a huge event by any means but something nice uh, community oriented uh, charity oriented uh, that they can give back to the community here uh, and that's happening on Saturday. So if you happen to live in Green Bay or the surrounding environs and are close by, you can go check that out Saturday at City Stadium, currently the home of Green Bay East High School football, but taken over by the Green Bay Packers over the weekend here. So should be cool. Uh, congrats to the Packers for doing something like that uh, during the season here. Uh, but that'll do it uh, for this 
today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us today. Um, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll be back on Monday and uh, talking a little more Packers football. Railbird Central airs typically every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, live at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, uh, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Uh, my call to action is always as usual. If you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating and a brief little review. It doesn't have to be anything long, uh, but we appreciate it because it helps get word out about the show. And I think this is a service to Green Bay Packers fans out there looking for podcast content to listen in your commute from work or when you're on the treadmill or uh, whenever you listen to podcasts, uh, whether from your PC or more frequently from your phone. However you do it, we're glad to have you as listeners. And thank you to those of you who have posted a review about the show. We'll see you folks. Like I said, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you in just a few days. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. I leave you today with a song called Susanna by 30 Decibels on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. Twice it